Welcome back to the special edition of the Brandon's World Podcast. Brandon sits down with Mark Sports One Indians correspondent Sean Fitzgerald to talk about the Cleveland Indians slash Guardians in 2022, the MLB playoffs, plus certain aspects of the NFL. Brandon's going to ask Sean about the AFC North, the NFC West, and the AFC West. The two buddies who have not talked since the Prime Score Radio Marathon, since both were last employed by BSR, sit down for an exclusive interview here on the Brands World Podcast, and that starts now! Alright, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back here to the Brandon's World Podcast, and today, on this special Friday edition of October 8, 2021, here on the Brandon's World Podcast, I am here with my former sports director at Black Squirrel Radio, a man who is a correspondent for the Cleveland Indians up in the press box at Mark One Sports during the summer, Sean Fitzgerald. Sean, it's been probably about five or six months since we talked. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I mean, talked like this, yeah, but we've definitely talked a little bit, but yeah, I'm doing well, man. Uh, Just, you know, a lot of stuff's been happening and just really... You know, it's, it's good to kind of just sit down and just chat sports just solely like this. Good times. Yes, for sure. I agree. And as for those of you that have listened to the podcast, you've probably listened to Sean Fitzgerald come on the show on Bunk School Radio a ton of times. Of course, me and Sean, the last time we were together talking sports was in the Black Squirrel Radio Marathon back in April. Uh, so it's been a while. We have a lot to get to today, Sean. Um, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you know, let's start with the, the the NFL, and let's start with the division that, of course, most of my listeners are concerned about, and that is the AFC North. A very interesting division this year, at least at the quarter pole of the NFL season. Um, and so, you know, I'm just going to run down the list, and I want you to just kind of give me your thoughts about each team. And why don't we start with the Browns? You know, they started off with a loss against Kansas City, but they have won three in a row. Now they go into this weekend taking on the L.A. Chargers in Los Angeles, a game that will more than likely be a home game for the Browns, if you know what I mean. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've, there's so much debate in the Cleveland sports community about how good the Browns actually are, I feel like. Because you see the defense struggling in the first two weeks. Then the offense struggles against Minnesota. But good teams are finding a way to win. What have you seen from a Browns fan's perspective? Because I feel like this is the first time. Now, last year, yes, the Browns were a good team. But, you know, who knows? That was a different situation last year for everybody. Whereas this year, this is the first time that Browns fans really can see a good football team and good expectations coming together. I mean, honestly, I have not felt super stressed. I've felt, you know, just it feels good to watch adults running this team and not looking like a dumpster fire. Like, that is the immediate first thing that I see every time. I'm like, just, man. It just feels so good to not be like, is this it? What's going to happen? Oh, my God. 
Bro, like it's it's so great to just finally relax and look. I know Baker had a bad game on Sunday against the Vikings. It happens. It freaking happens. Just let it go. He's gonna be okay. Yeah, you know, I feel like this is where from just a fan experience, right? Fans are not used to winning. They're used to losing. So every time they see a bad game from the defense or a bad game from Baker Mayfield, it's like panic mode because that's all Browns fans have ever been used to. But I'm telling you, Browns fans, it's like once you get used to winning, once you see a consistent product on the field, everybody has a bad game. Yeah. Nobody. And I want to get those people who hate Mayfield. It's like, were you people who support a Manziel? Because if you did, you're hypocritical. Because exactly. Mayfield's nothing like Manziel. And look, Baker, I remember first preseason game he ever against the Giants way back in 18. When I saw him throw that ball, I'm like, that looks like a ball Aaron Rodgers would throw or Tom Brady or prime Ben Roethlisberger or insert quarterback here or Drew Brees. I'm like, that looks like a franchise quarterback. And even though it was preseason, I'm like, I've never seen the ball come out of Brown's quarterback hands like that. Yo. Nobody remembers last year, I think it was week nine, when New Orleans went down to Tampa Bay, destroyed the Bucs. Tom Brady probably had the worst game he's had in the last five years, and the Bucs went on to win the Super Bowl. So it just shows yeah. you, you know, everybody can have a bad game. Um, the next team I want to ask you about is uh, a team that, in my opinion, has a surprising record to at least begin the season. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals. I thought their offense would be very good, but I didn't expect their defense to play this well this early. Yeah. Listen, the Bengals, nice surprise, nice little early start. Uh, there's no way I'm taking stock in them over the full season, though. And the reason why is simply, oh, that defense is not ready. It's not ready. It's nowhere close. It's not even like last year Browns level, in my opinion where, you know, that defense wasn't very good at all. But I think, you know, the offenses looked a little bit better than expected early on. Not like I was expecting horrible things, but I definitely wasn't expecting it to be able to carry the team this much. Here's the thing. Bengals, I think, with the way that they've played now, eight or nine wins is their top line. But if you're telling me they'll make the playoffs, uh, I'll need to see a little bit more. And that offensive line does not inspire me any confidence in them being able to protect Joe Burrow. So, ugh, that it, it's just not a great offensive line. I still think, to some degree, as much as Jamar Chase has looked great in the regular season, they should have tried to have drafted Penny Sewell in the NFL draft, which, by the way, I was there. I was covering that event. So, yes, I, I do remember that. Um, you know, I want to ask you about your favorite quarterback in the division. I think you know what I'm talking about, that being Lamar Jackson. Um, and the Ravens, because the Ravens are a very interesting team. I think a lot of people, once once you know all three of their running backs went down in preseason, a lot of people started discarding them. And I think that if there is one position you can lose mightily in the NFL and just bounce back, it's running back. And there's one team that can do it, it's Baltimore. Obviously, mm-hmm. they had a heartbreaking loss against Vegas. They had a heartbreaking win against Kansas City and Detroit. You can make an argument they could be 0-3 slash 1-3. Mm-hmm. You can make an argument, though, they could really be, you know, potentially 4-0. and 0. 
And so what do you make of Baltimore? I think the Browns and the Ravens are right there for the division. And I think yeah. the two divisional matchups that are in week 12 and week 14 are going to decide yeah. the division. And the interesting thing about that is before those two matchups in between, the Browns have a bye and Baltimore has to play Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I want to set straight on Lamar Jackson. I am very hard on him because I know how good he can be. I know exactly how good he can be. He is phenomenal athletically, especially when he's able to take off and run. That part is infuriating, but it is a great, great part of his game. My thing is, is that I just don't feel like he's ever progressed enough as a passer to be like, okay, if we need a couple of downfield throws where it doesn't look like a duck, that he's able to do that on a consistent enough basis. He started to do it this year a little bit. Not as much as I prefer, but look, I'm not asking him to swing the ball 40 times a game, but if he needs to take a deep shot every now and then and not have it be a floating ball, have it actually sail and hit his target, I want him to be able to do that. He is a good quarterback. He is an MVP. He's in the top 12 for me, uh, quarterbacks in the league. I'm just harder on him. I want to see, because he regressed last year, but I want to see him be able to sling it, not like every five throws or something like that, but when he needs to, and it looks like an absolute laser, I want him to improve his accuracy before I put him back into like the top seven or eight quarterbacks. Because he's on the fringe of that top ten. Just because I, I'm just hard on him, and also it's because of the athlete that I've been in my life. Because I'm someone who relies on speed, athleticism, and I've had some injuries that have sapped that a little bit at times. And I know if he goes down with any kind of injury that kind of saps that, he's not the same player. So I want him to succeed, but I'm harder on him because he needs to improve that part of his game where he's not the best at right now. Baltimore overall, good team, but man, they, I don't know how it's going to shake out until the end because I do think. Not having all three of Hill, Dobbins, and Edwards is going to be the differentiating factor at the end of the season. That's They'll fair. get in the wild card, I think, but I don't yeah. think I think that'll be the division uh, make or break. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I do feel like you know you could you could flip a coin. I feel like right now between Baltimore and Cleveland, I would find it very interesting if both teams meet in the postseason because I do think the Browns are more built to be a postseason, running the football, cold weather type football team. Um, you know, I, I do want to ask you, though, speaking of quarterbacks, moving to a new division um, and talking about a certain quarterback that I've always felt like is underrated, and I think this year is getting his due, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders' Derek Carr. The Raiders are, of course, 3-1. They had a tremendous Week 1 victory against Baltimore. They go to Pittsburgh in Week 2. They pick up that win. They come from behind against Miami, and then they almost come from behind against the Chargers last Monday night. So my question yeah. to you, I guess, is, you know, is this the year John Gruden turns around? Is this the year Vegas is for real? I'm wanting to say yes, but as we've read in the last two where things stands, I am cautiously wary, but I think if you were to put a gun to my head and ask me right now, I'd say, yeah. Right now, I would I would buy stock on the Raiders. It's just been very tough, but like, if anyone remembers Derek Carr 2016, 
please go and watch that film and you'll feel better about yourself and about Derek Carr. This he, is what I want to ask. He's so underrated. And the fact he's able to stick at, like Las Vegas slash Oakland in the past didn't get rid of him. And despite some low years, he's improved every year in Gruden's system. It's just a matter of can the defense hold up and not screw it up this time? Here's the problem, though, Sean. At best, Derek Carr is third in his own division because he's dealing with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert two times a year each. So that's four times a year. Vegas is at a disadvantage at quarterback. It's like Denver. You know, you can make an argument Denver has a better roster than Vegas and maybe even the Chargers outside of quarterback. The problem for them is, you know, they're playing musical chairs at quarterback between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. They're at a disadvantage. You could argue six games out of the year, and it's hard to win because Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are like an all-star, you know, A-plus level tier. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes already has two losses, which we none of us would have been able to guess. And if you did, you're a liar. And so that's one thing. Should have had a third yeah, but, and arguably could have had a fourth. Yeah, but the Chiefs are two and two. That opens a window up. And we've seen the Raiders actually been able to beat the Chiefs last year. They can do it. They can go toe for toe on offense with the Chiefs. And depending on, I don't know when they face off. You don't need to look that up right now uh, with the Chiefs this year. But if they face them before that defense shapes up, look out. There may be another game that the Chiefs lose. They may not get that first round by. It'll be up for grabs this year. So I'm not. Look, three really good teams. Denver's a solid team. Bridgewater just, you know, got knocked out with a concussion. You know, he's probably questionable or not likely to play on Sunday. Uh, We'll see. Like, Denver may be able to get over 500, but I don't know about. I just don't know about that division. It's going to come down to the wire, and I think that might be the, the division that you see maybe three playoff teams come out of. Speaking of playoff teams, uh, you set me up perfectly to go into my next topic, and that is the NFC West. Because I don't know if you know this, before the season, my bold prediction coming out of the NFC West this season was that all four teams in the NFC West were going to make the postseason. The division winner, and I thought that all three wild card teams potentially could make it out of that division. And the caveat was I thought if San Francisco was going to start Trey Lance from the get-go, then that would make it happen. I thought if Jimmy Garoppolo would play the majority of the season, San Francisco would miss. But the shock here is, you know, with the Rams and Matthew Stafford, obviously, early, and Kyler Murray. That's not a shock to me at all. He's in a much better situation, better weapons, and... Stafford, for the first time in his life, is able to be put in an environment of success with Sean McVay. I'm not that surprised. A little bit shocked, to a degree, but I'm not overly surprised. I mean, it's like, yes, everyone finally gets to see how good he is, that he's escaped Detroit. And look, Matthew Stafford, bravo. Yeah, but I mean, the question is, though, is like, as we just talked over Derek Carr, Stafford's in that situation too because he's got. I think he's honestly at this point the second best quarterback in his division. So would you take him over Kyler Murray? 
I take him right now the way he's throwing the ball over Russell Wilson just for the moment. Whoa, whoa. It's hard for me to say that. I would have been incredulous if I had said that a few weeks ago. But okay, the way he's I, the I way that offense right is running, even with just Daryl Henderson as the main back, it's like, yo, like Matthew Stafford has more support than he ever had in Detroit, and you're finally seeing his full potential unleashed. Russell Wilson is one of the top quarterbacks. I, like three of the quarterbacks in that division are in the top ten right now of the NFL quarterback rankings. You could go, you could flip Russell Wilson or Matthew Stafford on a coin, but right now, I'm just going to go with Stafford until I'm shown otherwise. But I think you know, any uh, every other week, I could probably pick Wilson over Stafford or Stafford over Wilson. Okay. Um... So with that, then, I'm going to transition now. Let's transition into Major League Baseball. And I am going yeah. to spoil- I do want to say one thing about San Francisco. That little bubble thought, even though you put the caveat of Trey Lance, do not discount Sam Darnold in Carolina. Adam Gase is away from him. He is fixable. I, I agree to an extent. I think Carolina has a chance to make the postseason this year. It depends on... You know, Stephon Gilmore, obviously, we just saw the good, the big news with him today. It depends on their health. I'm not in love with their receiving core as much as everybody else is. But yeah, I love DJ Moore, dude. He is, he is legit. We'll, we'll have to see with them. Um, I, I do, though, because we only have about 10 to 15 minutes left here. So I do want to move on to Major League Baseball. Uh, and I'm going to spoil something potentially here. For the audience, uh, because you have said that potentially at the time of this recording, uh, the MLB, where things stand, may be pushed back. Uh, And I thought one of the interesting things that you said is in your Oakland A's sort of part of the Where Things Stand series is Mm -hmm. you talked about, you know, the Indians potentially getting Matt Olsen. Um, And so my question to you would be, if the Indians do go after a first baseman, because you talked about this tremendously in the Word Things Stand article about how they have a bunch of young talent, there's only 40 men they can keep on the roster to be guardians uh, this upcoming 2022 season. So they're going to have to make a trade somewhere. But if they go with a first baseman like an Olsen, then what do you do with Bobby Bradley? Well, one of the things I've thought is that you can package him up as part of the deal if Oakland values him enough. And here's the thing. Oakland may not trade him, but Oakland's got about 50 million plus in arbitration cases that they've got to deal with. And they've already got about 15 to 25 million committed on their payroll and guaranteed contracts. Some of those, you know, our contracts will be non-tendered, but Oakland's payroll, I think the highest it's gotten is just a shade above 80 million. And if they were to keep everything as projected right now, it would be about $75 million. And that core is only get more, going to get more expensive right now, dude. And just the way that ballpark is, I could see the Indians making a trade for him. And look, you're not going to trade all of that young talent unless, hey, you knew you could sign some, someone to an extension. And that's not happening with the Mookie Betts talents of the world. I'm not saying it's going to be – it's not Mookie. Definitely not, but – you get one going there, but Matt Olson is a very great player, and you would have him for two years of control. You're going to contend at least the next two seasons yes, with that pitching is. and with the young talent coming up. George Valera probably in 2023. I mean, yo, 
Like you, you're able to solidify yep. the lineup, and I, yeah. I'm probably missing someone in that outfield mix that you could try and go for, but I'm not sure if there's someone who I'm like, yes, give me that I've been thinking about lately. That's like, I will take them any day of the week in a trade because the Indians are going to have to pull off at least one blockbuster yes, before the Rule Five draft. Now one. here's the thing. We know that the Guardians have the potential next year. That five-man rotation could be potentially the best in the American League, if not in all of baseball. Yeah, and I'll say this. If you haven't watched my podcast with Mitch Spinell, the Weekenders podcast, uh, I said at least one of the next two or three years, Cal Quantrill will win a Cy Young. Not only him, but the way McKenzie pitched the back half of the year. You added Plezak. You know, Plezak could be another potential trade candidate. I don't think he will. You uh, cannot have enough pitching. That is what I you've agree. learned. I am not willing to trade That's him unless learned. it lands you a guy with three-plus years of control and you're able to minimize the other impact. And I do think, by the way, Eli Morgan, would you agree with this? Do you think he could be in that Adam Plutko role next year? Sort Plutko, of? Tomlin, yep. Yes. I, I do agree with that, too. So we know the rotation is set. We know, you know, Ahmed Rosario, whether he plays shortstop or second base, he'll be back. Or even outfield. They can move him out there. Yeah, but we experimented with it at the beginning of last year. Except that was more, like, if they send him home this year and be like, hey, work on outfield and still stay at shortstop, we'll try and work you in left field. Because center field is so demanding. See if I you agree. can work them into left field, and then if you're able to, maybe try and aim for a right field bat. They, they Here's something interesting I heard from a little mouse. If the Indians are able to secure a minority owner, aka Guardians, uh, they might be willing to break the bank on an outfield bat, a corner I might, bat, I might this offseason. From the same little mouse. Um, just a quick little follow up here before we get into, into the rest of Major League Baseball. What do you do with Zimmer? I like Zimmer. I think, honestly, he looks like if you were to keep him next year, give him a month. I think he has that chance to finally break out. Tyler Naquin had even said before the season that if Zimmer he has a chance, and I think if Zimmer gets enough at-bats to start the year, he's going to have a shorter leash than Jake Bowers, but I think Zimmer has a chance. I love Austin Mercado, too, but if one of the two has to go, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say it's going to be Mercado. I I agree. Now, you were covering this team with, with Mark One Sports from the press. And WKSU for a little bit, too. Yes. Now, so you probably have a little bit more knowledge than me. Um, do we have an update on Naylor? Because that's a big decision they have to make, too. I honestly have not heard much of anything. I think the last thing I heard is as recovery is going all right. I don't have anything that's earth-shattering or anything like that. Gotcha. All right, well, I'm going to go a little bit of uh, rapid-fire questions here to end this portion of the podcast. Uh, really quickly here, is it fair to say, is it too harsh to say that Garrett Cole can't pitch without Tar? Mm, I'm going to say no. I think he can do it, but everyone else is still having to address the same thing. I think you're going to see a lot of pitchers next year, even those who had success without the stuff, be able to bounce back and others, you know, maybe not so much. Gut feeling. Speaking speaking of next year, when does baseball start? Oh, 
I don't know if I'm even confident enough to give an answer right now. I've already gone on a whim and said, I think we are in a walkout, and I don't know what the season starts. I think it starts two weeks late, potentially. Okay. Not spring training. The regular season might start two weeks late, is my thinking. Depending on how badly things go between the players' union. I have no... Here's the thing. I have nothing in terms of inside knowledge between the players and the owners right now on that CBA. But the way I feel is that there's going to be at least a potential delayed start to the season. And I hope to God I am wrong. Way wrong. I hope you're wrong, too. I hope, I hope I'm, I'm way wrong. I think we could get into a bad situation here. I don't think it's going to be a whole season. I think if, if, it's, if any regular season time is missed, it's going to be two weeks at most. Okay, see, I am of the belief that I think we could get in, in the, the middle of the summer and potentially have another 60-game season. Um, that ain't happening. No but, way in hell. Let's, let's hope not. Um, if, if I had to ask you, who was your surprise team this year in baseball that did better than you thought and the team that disappointed you? Who would they be? Well, the Giants would be the obvious answer, but there's another team I want to give out there just because – you know, the, the Giant, everyone did not expect anything like this from the Giants to be able to uh, bounce back. Most people to be in last place. <laughs> but the, the Mariners, the, the Mariners of all teams, surprised me with how good they were. Mitch Hanniger finally back, healthy for a full year. You saw what he could do like he did when he was healthy before. He's heading into his last year of control. If the Indians want package, uh, the Guardians, rather. I'm calling them the Indians until they officially swap the name. Hey, you if the Indians want to flip a couple guys for Hanniger, if they feel like they can get him, sure. If they want to trade like a pitcher to Seattle, like if they want to trade Plesak for Hanniger, I'm all for that. But it's unlikely that you would get Hanniger. I know that. That's just like a pipe dream at this point because the Mariners are going to contend next year. They were so close. The Mariners definitely surprised me. Just by Not game. to mention, yeah. And then the team that I was most disappointed in the athletics. It had to be the athletics among all the teams. I did not expect that collapse to happen. I was shocked. I mean, the A's especially, it feels like things are really going to go into a short rebuild or soft reset, and they'll be back in a year or two. But it's not going to be that bad compared to when they had to tear down when uh, they swapped out John Donaldson, Vo, uh, all those other players uh, in that last like big run where they got knocked out by Kansas City in the wild card. It's not going to be like that. They've, I think they'll be able to reload quicker. All right, Sean, World Series prediction. What is your prediction? And who walks away with the commissioner's trophy? Oh, God. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to make it again, I think. And I think they're going to face the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, I like that pick. I'm going to go Tampa, but I'm going to go St. Louis. Mm, I think the Cardinals did not get too uh, too quickly. I think Wainwright defeats uh, Scherzer, who at the time that we are recording this will be later tonight. I think the Cardinals go on a run. I'll pick Tampa to win the whole thing. Yeah. It's tempting to pick the Cardinals, but the Brewers, dude, they still have Josh Hader. This could be the last year they have him, depending on they, how much they want to pay him. excellent bullpen and an excellent rotation. I yeah, I mean, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Eric Lauer, Kent State grad, by the way, whoop, whoop. Uh, he is, you know, decent, whether they use him as a bullpen arm or as a rotation arm. 
Brewers, I like it. You know, Dodgers obviously have the deepest and most talented top of the bottom roster in baseball. But the Brewers, I think, can beat them in a longer series, uh, especially if they don't have Clayton Kershaw or Max Muncy. For sure. I apologize for that. I caught the last the, the last of that somehow my uh, headphones got got disconnected, so I apologize for that. Um, but I do agree with your take overall. And with that being said, we are going to go ahead and wrap this up, Sean. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor. Go ahead and shout out your social media and what you're doing. Yeah, go follow me at FitzOnSportsBSR on Twitter. Uh, I don't really use Facebook too, too often, uh, so there's that. Uh, but, you know, you won't really find me on there much. But Twitter's where I'm at. Uh, also, as, uh, as I think we mentioned, where things stand, 2021 NFL edition part one will go up Thursday. So when you guys are hearing this, it'll already be up, but go check it out on my Medium page. Uh, uh, hopefully, Brandon will link it in the description. And then yes, I think probably at this point, 2021 MLB edition part three finale will be pushed back to next week, Monday. I just, for the listeners out there who are wondering why, I just feel like I haven't been able to give it the right amount of attention it deserves. And also I've been so busy and so caught up with stuff. Like I was only just the other night was I able to really get almost all of NFL finished except for like a couple hyperlinks here or there. So MLB is coming. I promise. I'm not going to scrap it, but look forward to NFL edition coming out. And then, uh, yeah, there'll be maybe announcements and stuff for the future and a later date, but yeah. Uh, thank you so much, man. It's been good to kind of sit down and chat sports like this again. It's, it's like old times. Thank you, Sean. It has been a blast. As you listeners of the show already know, make sure to follow the show at real underscore B-word on Twitter. Make sure to follow me at Brandon Lewis underscore so. We will see you here back Monday recapping all of the NFL Week 5 action. Peace!